0: Wow, it's good to be here. Don, uh, Don and Penny told me that the first time I was here was 25 years ago. Is that right? No? Longer? <laughs> uh, anyway, it's such, a, it's such a privilege for me to be here. Um, we have some slides, I think, don't we? So if you're not listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast, you're a loser. So I, I encourage you to listen to that. Uh, we talk to some ama- amazing influencers all over the world and uh, we, about how do you be bold for Jesus in the secular world that we live in today. And we talk a lot about the uh, like, you know, whole generations that are raised on pornography and on secular humanism, the suicide epidemic, um, people that have this, this negative idea about who Jesus is like we have here in New Zealand, and how can we go to them and communicate in the, in the way that they will receive Jesus. So I encourage you to check out the Provoke and Inspire podcast if you're not already. And then we have another slide. Yeah, so we're, we're putting together a video series, Seven Practical Principles for Establishing Relationships with Non-Religious People. And so how many of us know non-religious people? So this would be a very helpful guide for you on uh, how to do that. All of our material is free. We don't charge for anything that we, everything is free. And so I encourage you to, to you can go to the table here that Emma has, is manning, womaning, and you can get that. And what's the next slide? Yes, we have a, an amazing resource library where we can give you tools on how to do crazy street evangelism that will actually work here, you're thinking, oh, street evangelism doesn't work anymore. You know, people are being, they're tired of being Bible bashed. Well, let me tell you, in New Zealand, no one is being Bible bashed. They've never, most people in New Zealand haven't even heard one time anything about who Jesus really is. And this is not just for people who are young. Older people can also use these resources, so check that out. Um, it's it'll help you, and that see I think that's all the slides right? Yes, okay. And also I have a uh, a new book that my my son Aaron has written, not beyond reach, uh, how to share Jesus with the young, the deconstructed, and the non-religious. So do you know anyone like that here? So, so this book will give you practical ways at bringing Jesus to them. And then there's other books there. Also, the uh, book, My Other Son, Ben Wrote, Jesus in the Secular World. This is also a video series, so if you, can't, if you don't like to read, you can get all this stuff on video. And uh, anyway, I want to pray and ask that God will help me. Lord, I'm so grateful to be in this amazing church again. All the, all the years that they have been such a support to Jody and I, to, you know, all the prayers that have happened, Lord, all the people that have got behind us financially, there's so many ways this church has been such a blessing, and Lord, I need you, Lord, it says in your, in, in your word, where two or more come together in your name, that you are there, and so, Lord, I'm, we're here in your name, so we ask Holy Spirit that you will be here, and you encourage all of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know the reason that um, most, most of you came here this morning is because you wanted to hear my band, is that right? And I also heard that Russell's too cheap to uh, actually make that happen. So I couldn't bring my band. So what that means is I'm going to have to do the band for you. I'm going to have to act out the band. That's how cheap we are. So, but that's not a problem for me. I'm going to do the whole band, all right? All the instruments, all the special effects, all the visuals, everything. Now, I'm going to, I know I can look, I look, I'm looking at you, and I can tell that you're kind of a, like, kind of a metal crowd. And I want to do, so I'm going to, we're doing a lot of different styles of music, but I thought I got to do metal for this audience. And so this is, uh, so this is what, so this is the kind of show I'm going to do. Is that cool? Now, we go to places where people don't like Jesus, so it's not like we're going to, to uh, Christian events or, or churches or that kind of thing. It's where people have a negative idea about Jesus, and they think, oh, yeah, Jesus is that weak kind of, these Christians are these weak, timid people. Jesus has no power, and uh, we want to break that image. All right, so this is one of the ways that we do it. Are you ready? So, we're, so in this one particular concert, uh, we were playing after a, uh, death Metal band, whose message was suicide, so their whole their whole goal was to get people to want to commit suicide and uh, and so, how do you come on after a band like that? So we go out on the stage and um, and actually, this was in Russia, and one of the th- things that I learned is that people in Russia know how to swear in English. So, so they're all swearing uh, at, at me and giving me the finger. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, so we have all, so we have all this, this smoke on the stage. And the band is playing all this kind of really weird, ambient music in the smoke. All right? Anyway, and I'm, there's a red wall on the stage. And with a red spotlight on it. And you can't see me because I'm behind the wall, and I have on a gas mask. And I also have a chainsaw. And attached to the chainsaw is the microphone. Now, I wanted to do that in the church this morning, but Russell said I couldn't do it. So the band, the band is playing in the smoke and there's all this, you know, and I'm behind the stage, and I have on my gas mask, I have the chainsaw, and I start up the chainsaw. It <laughs> Starts going through the PA. I start cutting through the wall with the chainsaw. I'm cutting through the wall. I stand up in front of the stage with the chainsaw, and everyone is going, this is the best music we've ever heard. Now, there's a guy in my band who looks like a vampire. He's not trying to. That's just how God made him. And as we all know, vampires are an unreached people group. So the guy with the vampire comes running out on the stage, and I take off the gas mask. I give him the chainsaw. I take the microphone, behind us is a video with all this weird video stuff and whatever and special effects, and I go, we say evil systems are still in control. How could you have a future when there's still no place to go? Join the revolution, take it to the streets. We're not going to do it by throwing rocks at police. I say, and Jesus said, the only way to peace is through love instead. They're going, wait a minute. The vampire's cool. The chainsaw's cool. But what about this Jesus stuff? So then the next song is an anti-violence song. And the way I demonstrate it is I shoot the band. So I shoot the guitarist. I shoot the drummer. I shoot the bass player. And then the vampire comes out on the stage. And he takes ropes and he ties them to the feet of the bass player. Pulls them upside down. And he plays the next song, Hanging Upside Down. I'm going to leave out the weird parts of the concert because I know we're in church, and so I'm not going to tell you all the weird stuff. So then I go, I'm really tired. Where's my bed? And then this bed comes out on the stage with these flashing lights, you know, and, uh, you know, and, I, and I put on a nightgown, and I stand on top of the bed, And I go, I believe in sex. Now, when you're with normal people, they all go, yay. But I know we're in church. (laughs) And we all have to pretend that we're shocked. So I go, I believe we should have sex all the time. They're going, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. And then I go, after marriage! (laughs) Now, I have to be honest with you. Some of you look like you don't believe in sex before or after marriage. (laughs) So then, the vampire's pushing me around in this bed, and I'm singing, no sex before marriage. And then we show what Jesus did on the cross. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 2, that he preached Christ and him crucified so that people would not be convinced by human wisdom but by God's power. And I don't know about you, but I want to see the power of God today. And it's great when when I'm in a church like today and I can feel his presence, but I want to see his power outside of the church. I want to see his power in the streets, in the clubs, in the universities, New Zealand needs to see the power of God today. And Paul understood that if you, if you preach Christ and Him crucified, God's power comes. Now, I'm not talking about the cliche of the cross, because for a lot of people today, the cross is a piece of jewelry. You know, it's just a piece of jewelry that you wear around your neck. But I'm talking about understanding what the cross really is, and then showing people that. Showing people that. And so in this, in this particular concert, we show this girl who is abused behind a shadow box. It's not gratuitous, but you know that's what's happening. Because that's the reality today of so many people, isn't it? I mean, so many people are being abused and destroyed by the lies of the world. And then I'm representing Jesus. And I go behind this shadow box And I pick her up, and I carry her to the front of the stage. And I go, I can't protect you when you leave my side. I can't keep you safe. Don't hate your life. You know, because how many people today are so anxious? How many people today hate their life? And so I'm showing the cry of Jesus. They don't know. The people don't know that that's who I'm representing at that point. And then it's complicated, but I... I give my life for the girl. And so I'm, I'm killed on stage. Actually in Europe we have this big um, elevated crucifixion scene. It's really full on. We have amazing special effects to show this. And uh, so I'm, I die for this girl and I'm put into a coffin. But this coffin um, has, was, has robotics in it. So it's, it's like it lifts up on, on hydraulics and it has these LED lights that are the kind they use for planes to land you know it 's so bright so, that it, so you can't, you can 't even look at it it 's so bright. so when I come out of the coffin to show how Jesus rose from the dead, it looks like like a, like an explosion has gone off, and then it's like it shows how Jesus rose from the dead. I mean you, you can go on, on our website to see some some examples of this, and then we we are united, and I tell people about who Jesus is, and it's amazing the response. You know, when people have this, they go, "What? I didn't know Jesus was like this. I want to know this Jesus." I mean, God is so powerful. I can remember one of the first times that I came to New Zealand. I was invited to speak at a uh, at a club that was run by Auckland University, and they heard that we were Christians. And they wanted to invite us so they could make fun of us. They heard, oh, it's a, we hear you guys are Christians. And at that time at the university, if you wanted to mock somebody, you called them a Christian. Hey, you Christian, that was like a way you mock somebody. And so they asked me to come and to play in their club. And so we did this, what I'm talking about. And the Holy Spirit came so strong in the club that the bartender couldn't hold his drink behind the bar. And people were weeping in the club. And they said, who is this Jesus? We want to know this Jesus. I mean, I've seen amazing things, not just in other parts of the world. I've seen God move in amazing, powerful ways here in New Zealand. And if I could spend a lot more time talking about that. But I want to get to what I want the message that I want to give you tonight. So there's amazing power in the message of the cross. And we need to, to know the cross and not be ashamed of that power. Uh, In John 14, 12, Jesus said, If you, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same things that I have been doing, even greater things, because I am going to the Father. And God wants to do great things through us. He wants to, it's his desire that people in Fangarei know the truth. He wants to do great things through us. He doesn't want us to just survive before we were born. When we are in our mother's womb, we are created for good works in advance. This is God's desire. I don't have to ask God about it. It's his desire. And what I want to talk about now is one of the greatest barriers to keep us from experiencing what God wants to do in my life. And I hope it's an encouragement to you. So one time I was speaking at a church, and it was a flag church. I don't know if you've ever been to a flag church, but it's where everyone was running around with flags during the worship time. And, you know, and that's not my style. You know, I'm not a flag guy. And I was sitting in the front row and I I needed to speak after the flag worship time. And so I was trying to not judge it. You know, I was like just I was like looking at my feet the whole time. Don't judge this. Don't judge this. And this one lady ran by and actually hit me in the head (laughs) with a flag. So anyway, so I get up. I get up afterwards to speak, and I get up, and I gave my message, and it was okay. It wasn't amazing, but I gave my, I mean, the response. and My preaching, I thought, was okay. It wasn't that great. But anyway, I gave my message. And then later that day, I had to talk to the pastor. So... I called up the pastor, and I just needed to talk to him about something. And, you know, so I, when he answered the phone, I just started weeping. It was like, it was uncontrollable. It just just came on me. I found myself just sobbing, and the pastor thought that maybe somebody had died. And it took me a long time before I could compose myself. You know, I was so shook up, and finally I could st- I He's, you know, are you okay? And he thought someone had died or something. And finally, when, we, when I could, could, you know, stop crying, I said to the pastor, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for my pride. I'm so sorry for my arrogance. And how I've even passed that on to some of the people in our mission. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? And, you know, he was a, He was a graceful guy, you know, and a humble pastor, and he said, sure, I forgive you, and I hung up the phone. And then I felt like God said to me, well, that's great, David, you know, that you apologize to that pastor like that, but the next time you speak in that church, I want you to wave a flag. (laughs) And because I knew I was going to speak there again (laughs) the next year, and I'm like no. And then I'm, I'm anticipating, you know, as the date gets nearer that I'm going to have to speak to this church. And I'm like, no, God, can I just wave, wave a flag in my heart? No, you, I want you to wave a flag. And I'm going, no, God, I can't do it. They'll think I'm making fun of them. No, you have to do it. And I'm like, oh, I was just so, I was so worried about this. And so, so finally, you know, we're there again, right? And I'm sitting in the front row, and it's, again, they're doing the flag thing everywhere, and I didn't know what to do, and I was saying, God, how do I do this? And, and so finally, the worship time is done, and I went up to one of the flag ladies, and I said, can you save a flag for me? And she said, which one do you want? I said, I don't care. Just, you can just choose. And she said, well, this one has a lion on it. And I said, okay, that's perfect. So then... The worship's done, and I, I'm supposed to speak. So I get up on the stage, you know, and I, I, but I took the flag with the lion on it up to the stage. And I said, you know, a lot of you are not going to understand <clears throat> what I'm doing right now. But I just feel like God wants me to do this. Um, and so I just started I just started waving the flag like this. And I said, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Don't let pride keep you from using me. You know, one of the biggest enemies that I've ever faced in my life is pride. You know, and it says in the Bible that when I am proud, God is not just unable to use me, he's actually against me know, one of the most powerful, the strongest men of God I've ever worked with was a guy named Arthur Blessed. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was a guy that had a nightclub in Hollywood with a big cross on the wall. And he felt like God told him to carry the cross across America. And then he carried it from the bottom of South America to the top. And he, anyway, saw amazing, incredible things I can remember I was with him in Amsterdam where we started our ministry, and he's talking to someone on the street, and the guy just drops to his knees and starts repenting of his sin. In Amsterdam, the cynical city, I've never been around someone who's so filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember one time we went to a park in Amsterdam called Vondel Park. We sit down in the park, and people just started to gather And he started to talk to them. One time, the Pope called him up. Pope John Paul II called him up. Would you spend some time with me? So the Pope sent a helicopter to pick him up, and he spent three days with the Pope. I mean, I've never been around anyone like this before. So we're getting ready to go into the city in Amsterdam, right? And this is a place in the city where a lot of drug addicts were. So they used it as a toilet. They vomit, you know, a lot of vomit, and it's really a crazy place. And he's in one of the alleyways that was terrible. Everyone, you know, he didn't know that, it, that I saw him. We're getting ready right to go into the city to talk to people about Jesus, and I can't see him anywhere, and I'm going, Arthur, where is he? And I look, and he's like this. He's laying like that in this really filthy street. And he wasn't doing it for my benefit because I just happened to see him. And then he kind of, he's wiping the, the, you know, dirt off his nose. And I'm going, Arthur, what are you doing? And he said, well, before I go out to tell people about Jesus, I do this because I know that I can't do anything with, without God that I need to humble myself before him because if he takes his hand off of me, I'm dead. Brokenness, humility. I used to think being humble was this. I know that I'm a cool guy, but I'm going to act like I'm not, even though I know that I am. But that's not what humility, humility is. Humility is knowing that if god takes his hand off of me for 1 second i am dead that's truth that's knowing the truth about the reality of who i am you know one of the one of the crazy examples of humility is david in the bible king david here's a man who had absolute power we don't know about absolute power and in new zealand we're not a, we're kind of we don't believe In leadership so much. So the idea of a king is even farther removed from someone, a Kiwi, right? Because we're anti-authority here. But David had absolute power. If he said to somebody, you're going to die, they would die. And he had an army that was loyal to him. Back in those days, people would fight for the king because if they didn't, they, they would be executed. They had to fight for the king. But David... Had an army who was loyal to him would do anything for him. he was an amazing warrior, he had great victories, supernatural victories. He was a musician he was a, he was a great poet, he was an amazing mighty uh, leader and then they were bringing the ark into a city and when they brought the ark into a city, it said that he humbled himself. he took off his kingly robes and with a very simple Uh, I don't know what it was, a linen ephod, whatever that is, but a very simple thing that he was wearing. He danced before the Lord with all his might. What do you think that dance looked like? Do you think it was sweet? (laughs) Do you think it was sensitive? I know the haka is pretty full on. I remember the first time I saw that when I came here. Well, I would think it would be the haka on steroids. <laughs> this was not some, this would have been, I mean, this would have been a dance, let me tell you. And so, his wife's looking out the window at him, Micah, the daughter of Saul, and she goes, well, look at, and she, she saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord with all his might, and When David returned, Micah says, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, dancing half naked in in view of all the slave girls of of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. And David said to Micah, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he anointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. Public uncoolness—that's what we need to get back to. So I was when I was in university. I got really serious about wanting to follow God. So I, to show God I was serious, I went to this this uh, youth with a mission school in Holland. And so I'm in this school. And then we, were, we went to do our outreach in Amsterdam. And so they assigned you who you would go on outreach with. So I was assigned to go with these five women and this one quiet guy from Denmark. And we, had, we went to the heart of the red light district. On one side was the Church of Satan, and the other side was a live sex shop and all kinds of crazy it was a really crazy street, and we were playing on this bridge. So every night I'd go there with these five women, this one quiet guy from Denmark, and they were terrible. The girls had these, you know, acoustic guitars and tambourines, and they were terrible. It was so embarrassing. And then they would sing these really sweet songs that I hate, and, I, and I'd go there, and it'd be, it'd be raining. It was always raining, and they'd be going... This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. It'd be raining, and you're like, why did God make a day like this? And then, and then I thought, no wonder people don't want to be Christians. And then there is the quiet guy from Denmark who is quiet. And so then every night it was the same. Oh, and then this, this girl would preach, and she was terrible. It was like, oh my God, it was like this. And I'm like, this is so bad, I can't do this every night back on the bridge, with the five women and the one quiet guy from Denmark, raining. So I thought, I have to come up with a strategy. I have to act like I'm not with them. (laughs) So I would stand off on the side. I was cool. You know, I'd stand off on the side, and then I would, they'd be doing whatever they did, and then I would just talk to people. So I'm doing that, right? So we're back there again, and I'm standing there. And I felt like God said to me, just as clear as anything, I felt like he said to me, you're not concerned about my reputation. You're concerned about your reputation. And I said, what? You want me to stand on this bridge with these five girls and this one quiet guy from Denmark? And you want me to sing these these stupid songs. And I felt like God said, yes, sing those songs. And I went, okay then. So they'd be singing, and I'd go, this is the day. This is the day. (laughs) I sang so loud that the, it sounded like the girls were singing backing vocals. (laughs) And people from the windows would be throwing stuff at me from across the, I'm not exaggerating any of this. On the, other, on the other side of the canals, shut up! And they'd be throwing stuff at us. I sang those songs with a, as loud as I could. And some pride was broken in my life. My relationship with God was deeper than it was before. My prayer life was stronger than it was before. I could feel God's I just felt my relationship was bigger than, and stronger than it ever was before because this pride was broken. And then I saw these, these girls doing these dances. Thank you, God. I'm willing to stand on the bridge with the five girls and the one quiet guy from Denmark. And I'm willing to sing those songs. But thank you that you don't want me to be doing these dances. And then God goes, do the dances! Like, no, I'll sing with the girls on the bridge. No, do those dances. I'm like, please, God, please don't make me do these dances. And so Okay, do the dances. So I'm leading. I'm doing these dances. (laughs) And again, more pride and arrogance was broken in my heart, and I could feel God's presence stronger than I ever did before. And then Jody and I, my wife and I, we led this theater company, and we're doing all this these crazy um, street shows all over Europe. We we played in Athens. There's about 4,000 people there. Uh, A famous evangelist translated me for me, and hundreds of people responded. A whole church started from that one street event, and then we were invited to play for the prime minister of Greece. And so we played in, in like, all these city officials. So we're in this, this amphitheater. The prime minister of Greece is there, all these famous people. I was able to speak to the prime minister to preach, and I'm with, with my wife, Jody, and we're in this villa not far from this private amphitheater, and I'm holding her hand, and we're walking, and I said to Jody, I said, why do you think God is giving us opportunities like this? Isn't this amazing? Why do you think God is doing this? And as soon as I said that, I felt like God said to me, because you were willing to stand on that bridge with those five girls and the one quiet guy from Denmark and sing those songs for me. I don't know of anyone who came to Jesus on that bridge. But I know that if I was said no to God, if I would have said, no, God, I'm not willing to do that for you, it would have stopped him from being able to do the amazing things that I've seen in my life. We have to kill pride. You need to. I had to get to a point in my life where I would say, God, I don't care what it is. I don't care how foolish I look. If you ask me to do it, I will do it. And you know what? When you're willing to do, when you're willing, when you come to that place, then you can take risks. Then you can talk about Jesus in a bold way because your, your reputation is gone. It's like David. I will be undignified in my own eyes. And we need to get rid of our Pride. We need to kill our pride. Pride is not, some, sometimes, you know, people will come to me and say, would you pray for me that I won't be proud? It's not like that. Pride is a decision. It's when I, I don't want to do it, but I do it. You don't need to get prayed for. You just need to say, I will obey you, Lord. Show me that bridge you want me to go on. Paul said he came with weakness and in fear and with much trembling. So if you don't know what to say, if your knees are shaking, you're, you're ready. And when I, when I come to that point, you know, when I take those small steps of faith, I start to experience the power of God in my life that you read about in the book of Acts. That's what God wants to do. He wants to bring a new revolution. He wants to bring a Jesus movement to New Zealand again. But it's not going to happen until I kill pride in my own life. And I say, God, no more. I'm no longer going to tell you what I can do and not do. You know, I'm no longer going to, I'll do whatever you want. Tell me. And I'll take that step and I and I think that one of the best ways that you can you can respond to a message like this is on your knees and if you feel like, yeah what you're saying that you know there's some bridges I need to get on in my own life, and I've been saying no to God and i I want to kill this pride and I want to I want to show God this by coming to the front of the church and kneeling and saying, God, kill this pride in my heart because I don't want this to hold me back from what you want to do in my life anymore. So if that's you, just come to the front now. We're not going to have music or anything. If you need to respond to this message right away, just come to the front and kneel and say, God, kill this pride in my life. I don't want it to keep you from using me. If that's you, just come.